Hello and welcome to Trying Times. My name is Carmen and if you're new here, then welcome. We're basically friends now. If you're returning, then I've got quite the exciting episode for you. I'm sure as you can tell from the title, this episode is going to feature a conversation with a very special guest. This is someone I met in my very first year of university and fast forward nine years, nine years? That actually sounds... Wow. Yeah. It's been a while. Okay. Yeah. Nine years. Uh, yeah. Fast forward nine years. We're really good friends. I adore her and her passion for everything she puts her mind to. This episode is featuring my good friend, Yasmin. She is someone who is incredibly creative, supportive, comforting, and overall just the best to talk with. So I can't wait for you to hear our conversation. But before I get into that, I just want to let you know that there is a fun feature where you can be involved in the show. So you can leave me a voice message if you want to be featured in an episode and we could talk about anything. You could mention something from past episodes or even from this episode and I can feature that message in an upcoming episode. So if you're comfortable with that, then of course go ahead and click on the link in the episode description and hit record. Hopefully I hear from you soon, but in the meantime, let's get into this conversation. Well, as you could tell from the intro, we have a very special guest with us today. This is someone that I consider one of my best friends, one of my very closest friends. If you could see her face right now, she's kind of cringing, but also kind of happy, I think. I hope I am. I am. No, I am. I definitely am. I just can't be She was like the feels, the feels, too many emotions. (laughs) Well, she's also a very talented writer and an incredibly cool film director. So before I say much more, welcome to Trying Times, Yasmin. Oh yeah, we don't have an audience. We don't have an audience here, but we can make one. Uh, That was a sad like. But yeah. How are you? How's it going? I'm good. You know what? I'm I'm pretty good. How are you doing? I'm not too bad. I'm happy. It is Friday. We're recording this a little bit late on a Friday, but honestly, I wouldn't have it any other way. So I'm happy. Same, same. Yeah. Good uh, end of the week. Yeah. It's like a nice little pick me up at the very end of a busy week. So I'm happy to be chatting with you. And I think to start, I kind of want to talk a little bit about how we met because it's kind of funny in my head, at least, because we met in our very first year of university. We didn't actually like directly meet each other, but we were introduced to each other. I remember that very well. So we met each other um, in first year in a Mm -hmm. class I think in like one of the very first weeks of school and everything was clearly very new to us and then we became really close in our final year of university and just had a lot of fun I remember in our fourth and final year that's what I remember from that yeah (laughs) do you have okay um because I feel like I have like my first impression of you like I still remember now I want to know what your first impression if you remember Oh. oh my god I always get so nervous when people are like I I thought this when I met you because I feel like a lot of the time I give off a totally different impression versus like what I'm actually like I have like RBF like very severe resting face so when you actually talk to me versus just see me mm-hmm. I feel like it's two very different people so hopefully you didn't get that vibe if you did that's okay for you I remember I don't know. You had a very calm vibe about you, which I still would say is true now. Like you're very calming Mm -hmm. to be around, but also it was just like, you were very welcoming. Like, I don't know. I think in the midst of 
being in a new place in a new school, meeting so many new people, it felt very mm-hmm. like fast, just go, go, go. And things were kind of intimidating at times. You were honestly one of the few people that I met that just felt welcoming and like wholesome to be around. And it didn't Aww. feel like this, like pressure to be like, not like performing or on, like you're meeting a new person, but it just felt like I can be myself around this person. Like she's That's chill. Great. She's cool. Yeah. Dang. I, I feel like uh first year was, uh, I don't know. It's not a fever dream, but like, I don't remember <laughs> how I was in first year. I feel like I was chaotic, but I really appreciate that. I think with you, the first the thing that stands out to me, or at least what I very much vividly remember, is like you having like blue, um, it was like like under like an under I don't know yeah they were like like peekaboos like in my yeah. hair I remember that and then I think I just thought you were cool like as cheesy as that that is I just thought oh wow like she dresses really awesome and like this person's like really cool and then after I just remember like um I think it was in film. I think Some so, yeah. sort of film class, like, you know, with our interesting professors. Um, <laughs> shout out to Barry. <laughs> is that like, I just thought, oh, wow, like, she's cool. And she's nice. That's I, I think for me, that was a big thing is like, she's like a really cool down to earth person who has like amazing style. I don't oh My God. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. You're just yeah, gassing no, me up really. right, like real big right now. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I could have used this like this morning, but holy <laughs> crap. Thank you. <laughs> No, that's yeah. like, I feel like that's the nicest combination of things. I seemed nice and had cool style. I, I'm I taking still think that. that. I still think that. Oh now. my God. Thank you. I mean, oh, I don't, gosh. Yeah. I think sometimes like I'll, I'll dress kind of fun, not to make this about me, but like, I definitely don't think I dress as fun as I used to. Mm. I used to be like way more bold with just wearing colors. Whereas now I'm just very much like, let's wear like this shade of black with yeah. a very crisp black because God forbid all my clothes stay the same shade of black. I completely understand that, but I feel like now I've entered this weird phase of just, and it's not a weird phase. It's like going back to how I used to be where it's like wearing crazy amount of colors because like, you know, like greens, I love greens now. I mean, we're going into spring. I know I'm getting off track. I'm like literally taking this off. That's okay. That's okay. But like, that's all I have to say. Colors, they, they're coming back in. I I love that though. That's cool. Cause I see, I want to do that. I feel like that's such a cool thing to get back into. I don't know why it feels so hard, but mm-hmm. also you're right with warmer weather coming up. It's definitely kind of easier to get into those colors. So that's really nice. And yeah. I'm totally cool with this conversation going wherever because <laughs> I think that's great. <laughs> but no, I wanted to say uh, one thing that I guess I kind of learned about you as we went on in our friendship and have known each other for so many years now. I've noticed that you're always working away always working really hard, You're always doing really cool things. So I'm really excited for you to be here today. And I'm super appreciative of your time because I know you have a lot of things on the go all the time. So I would love to get a little bit more into that today. And then also just talk a little bit more about what you like to do. But before we get into film more so, I wanted to share really quickly that this is not my first time being on a podcast and it's not Yasmin's first time being on a podcast because... (laughs) Yasmin and I actually had a podcast years ago called Growing Pains. The idea yep. initially came from us doing a podcast for a class project. And we genuinely, through that experience, learned that we enjoyed our conversation. We enjoyed the process of recording and wanted to share it as a show. So we started one. And unfortunately, we don't do it anymore. But I do want to ask you, would you ever create a podcast of your own? 
Yeah, I feel like it's always been a, a thought. I think there's just a lot of great podcasts out there. But for me, like I, I think that right now, kind of what I'm moving towards or what I'm interested in is like me and my mom have an interesting dynamic. I'm very close with my mother. And I think it would be nice to be able to have a podcast, like a mother and daughter, bring mother and daughters on, talk about certain things. And also just like talking about like um, being first or second generation to like immigrant parents. So like something like that, you know, like having those kind of cool discussions about mental health, about, you know, various things that we aren't always able to talk about with our parents. But yeah, yeah, something like that, maybe. That sounds so cool. And also, I feel like so many people would be able to not only relate to it, but it would be so cool to see the other pairings of mothers and daughters that you have on the show. Cause I feel like no matter who you have on someone else will be able to relate to that and understand certain things that are being talked about, whatever kind of subject matter that might be in, just because it's such a specific relationship that I think many people are able to partake in and obviously live in and, and relate to, to certain degrees. So I feel like that'd be really special and really cool. And also I love that you and your mom would like think of that because you guys are really close so I think that's amazing and I think that would be a really cool thing to just kind of see pan out and hear those conversations thank you and yeah I feel like also like for people who may not have a close relationship with their their mother it's like another outlet to be able to hear advice and stuff like that so and get another perspective that even I don't have you know so no that's amazing I think that's so cool and also yeah that's a really great thing too I know like For a little while on YouTube, there was kind of a trend going around with videos with girls Mm -hmm. like either around our age now or even older. And they would kind of do like big sister advice or like get ready with like your big sister and that sort of thing. Kind of like giving their tips on like things like makeup or I don't know, perfume they enjoy if they're like getting ready or if it's like advice, they'll ask their viewers to send them questions and then answer it from like their own experience, which I think is cool. So I feel like providing your own perspective is just so special because it'll always resonate with someone. Yeah, exactly. No, I think that's cool. I haven't watched any of them, but I think that's amazing because, yeah, some people may not have a relationship with their big sister. So it's nice to just having your internet big sister. That's really special. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so I think it's amazing. I mean, going off of perspective because so many different perspectives through podcasts, but also through films. I wanted mm-hmm. to kind of ask you, well, it's a little bit of a broad question because we've talked about this so much, but more so for the show, what inspired you to get into film? Yeah, good question. <laughs> it's not a broad question. I think it's a good question. Uh, I think there's various things. I mean, I think that we, we've definitely talked about this before where I think it's like, um, I think film is like, you know, being a carny, um, someone that is like in carnivals and things of that nature. I think what draws most people to film or to the arts is that feeling of community, like a big thing or not feeling like you belonged at one point and the arts was the thing that made you feel connected. Mm -hmm. So I think it was almost like it was meant to happen because I did have a hard time connecting with people growing up as a kid. And I found that, you know, storytelling and whether it's doing plays and stuff like doing things like that really would engage people and make people kind of feel more comfortable around me. I know it's, no, <laughs> but like, that's amazing. Yeah. So I think there was that. And then after, you know, I just really loved it. I loved 
various things about it. I loved that there was like this point of just being able to be so immersed in something, so consumed, mm-hmm. um, but also having that moment where you're able to really collaborate with people. So to your question about, because that's another thing I go on these tangents, to the, your questions about why I got into film or what made me get into film. Yeah, I, I think it was it was it was just, yeah, the first time I truly felt like I belonged. And it was a feeling that I always wanted to keep capturing. So it was like, yeah, it was the first time that I, I say that I felt what falling in love was, I guess, was when I discovered film. That's incredible. Because I think people have so many different takes on why they enjoy it or why they would want to be part of it. I feel like that's just a really special side to it, like that you feel part of something and are able to connect with people but also there's a whole other side to it that's so special too that I'm sure you love where you get to create this thing that makes other people feel maybe makes other people feel part of something makes other people feel connected to something so it's really cool because in one way you're feeling accepted by it or like connected to it but other people 100% probably feel the same way about the things that they're watching and experiencing so that's so cool there's a huge like duality to that yeah no I think that's a good point I mean (laughs) I made it so like very like oh yes like internally this makes me feel good but yeah I think oh no please no no no. but I think it's great that you mentioned that I think at a a point and even still now it's very much about like like how film and how just art in general is really able to like create movements and like change thoughts and ideologies within society so I think that's a big thing for me for sure I'm definitely in a different headspace now of just like not only just thinking about how my films inspire a society but like how the kind of environment I create on set is just as important it's just a way of creating change as well yeah and that's it's such a special thing too for you as a director and also sometimes working as like a producer where you're kind of one of the top people in this like functioning ecosystem. So it's so important to make sure things are like balanced and constantly running smoothly and that there's obviously concise and effective communication so that things aren't kind of going south. So that's a really important thing that you mentioned too, of just making sure things are running smoothly and well, because you want that environment to be positive for other people as well as for yourself. Cause that changes so much too. Like obviously you're watching one thing happen on camera, but you want the experience behind the cameras to be the same. Exactly. I think that's a, a, a really good point and a really big thing. And I think for directing, it's a little, it's, yes, it's in a lot of ways, it's like you're, I guess, like a thermostat of the the set where you're able, you have to control the temperature in the room and a producer, same thing. And I think um, both of them require you to kind of put sometimes your emotions and feelings aside. I think producing more. I think directing, sometimes you're able to be, well, it depends on what kind of director you are. Some don't really care. They could create any type of energy, which is not always the most healthiest on set. But I try my best and, you know, we're all human uh, to try and create a healthy set environment. It doesn't always, you know, turn out as, as amazing. But like, I think, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, we're creating films like this needs to be fun it doesn't need to be stressful yeah and overwhelming it needs to be fun and when it stops being fun there's no point of doing it anymore that's a really big point I 
in my instance, I've only worked on a few sets and they've all been of like varying sizes, but mostly small. But that is a huge thing because it's kind of like when the morale goes down or that energy goes down, which at some point it's bound to because you're putting in all this energy. There's so many hours being put in. People are tired. People might be hungry. might be cranky. Like it just happens. That's part of the job. But when that morale starts to go down, it starts to slowly go down for everyone. So that's a really good point that you raise where like if you're able to keep that up and, and steady and have everybody be on board, it kind of makes that experience all the more worthwhile for everyone. Cause it's like, you don't start to take away the fun of it and, and take away that part of it. That's really important. Exactly. No, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Definitely true. Been on some interesting sets. Yeah. I just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it gets you thinking, you don't have to yeah, share yeah. it explicitly, but it does get um, you thinking. You're just kind of like, Oh, I remember when I was doing this and, uh, huh this person and then everybody else just kind of went downhill too yeah 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 and even (laughs) myself like it's I think it's very much about growth and stuff I think even though I mean we always talk about like self-compassion of course like Mm -hmm. I still want to give myself grace but the realization is like the more you work the more you get on these sets the more you're able to kind of work on I don't know like work on just like not taking on other people's emotions and trying to always keep a very zen calm and like positive persona throughout not persona but like aura just yeah energy, you're being whatever yeah. you're your being energy yeah <laughs> I like how you, you made the face you're like your energy no but it's true because if you don't have that then things kind of start going all over the place and if you're not I guess giving off that calm collected energy to begin with it really only can go south from there <laughs> so exactly. that's a really good point that you raise well Going off of that and and kind of talking a little bit more about the stuff that you've created so far and things that you've worked on, you've mm-hmm. been part of multiple film festivals now, and you've worked on so many different projects, both your own and to support other stories. Do you want to share a bit about the films that you've created so far? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah. Do, I, do I have to? <laughs> uh, no, I definitely don't work on that part of myself. Um, but yeah, I... What I've done so far is that I've directed a documentary called The Onyx Butterfly. Um, <laughs> thank you. It's um, beautiful. It was, <laughs> it was about a like a black male dancer, but specifically focusing on his experience with uh, ballet and kind of just like being in like the dance industry that in a lot of ways kind of see blackness. They usually equate that with like hip hop and and not necessarily with these like ballet and jazz and and um, contemporary, I guess modern or what mm-hmm. have you. So like just kind of being this person that I guess is seen as an outlier. And I thought that yeah, that was like one of the documentaries that I was able to do when I got out of school. It was something that completely changed me as a person, as a director. And I'm always grateful for that. Like I always have to be really grateful for that because. And I also should shout out, um, <laughs> should also should shout out that I got it through being black in um, Toronto. That's how I made it through. And but specifically Oya Media Group. Yeah. Yeah. And and my mentors. Um, yeah. Sorry. Now I'm like doing this. It's not no. Hey, but, like you know I just what? have to shout Go. them out. You say exactly what you want to say. That is okay. There's room for everything here. <laughs> but yeah. Um. Just in general, it was like yeah. So that's the documentary that I did, and then. I was lucky to get on directing a music video. I had done other things, but like specifically a music video and 
Yeah, and it was with um this this a really a talented, amazing R and B artist, uh, Savannah Ray, mm-hmm. and yeah, so I did that, and it was like a hybrid of like documentary and like experimental music video, well, music video and documentary, which was really cool, and that was you know eye opening, a uh, big uh lesson, but like an amazing lesson for me as a director, and. Yeah, and then I got a, a Prism Prize, uh, top ten Prism Yay. Prize Canadian. I'm so bad. At it. Yeah, it was really cool. It was <laughs> no, <amazing>. that's amazing. <laughs> it was amazing, and um, so yeah, like I just got these these opportunities, and and yeah, so then I kind of just have been doing like um, documentaries, but also I've recently I've done a short narrative called In the Pocket about like a all um black female punk band and hoping to expand that into a bigger universe uh, a feature it's always the goal and yeah so I've just been doing that and I'm trying to direct more and do other things have I have many ideas and yeah I've been producing here well that's not true I've produced recently there we uh, go you corrected yourself you're like no I did do this you did yeah (laughs) <laughs> I thought, yeah, I produced a music video. Yeah, and we went to LA and we shot in LA and it was it was eye opening and it was like, you know, I mean I'm still in I'm still in the thick of it, but definitely have grown massively from yeah. just that experience. So yeah, that was my long spiel. I'm still directing and you know, working on many other projects. No, that's incredible. And also, can I just say how cool it has been to see your work amount to where it's at now and just to see your skills develop so much more to where they're at now. Like I remember seeing a screening of the Onyx Butterfly in theaters, which was such a cool and special moment to get to see that on the big screen and also have you in the theater because it was so beautifully done and to be able to have the chance to see that on such a big screen in its true element where it should be seen was really special and it was also my first time seeing your work and and kind of what you'd been able to create since university so it was like this eye-opening moment for me too where I was like yeah I know she's talented like I know she can do all these things but like it was really like just eye-opening to be like whoa this is the caliber of the things that she's doing right now like this is what she's able to create so yeah of course to be able to see that to then you know see you take on so many different avenues and work on so many different things is so special I can't wait to see and learn more about in the pocket I have a quick question though how was it for you to create something like onyx butterfly that was so heavily kind of incorporated with music to then Mm. go on and work on a music video yeah um I think it it, it helped a lot I mean I think that with most things that even when I write I write with music I listen to music constantly so I think music is such a big part of my life and big part of my I guess artistry that it didn't seem like uh too out of the loop like I love music videos I genuinely think there's a lot of amazing music videos out there and a lot of directors who are now directing big feature films commercials whatever whatever is out there that's now I'm just like rambling on but anyway that's okay a lot of them have started music videos so yeah I don't I don't know if it was I didn't think it was too much of a transition and I (laughs) The thing is, I did, before I directed this music video, I had directed another one before it. 
and it was much more of a smaller budget you know it yeah. was like knew the person their artist and that was like eye-opening as well yeah so it wasn't too much too much of a transition but yeah with onyx butterfly because even just thinking about that it's a good question about music i know for not necessarily for me but i also i think for the editor at that time they were listening to a lot of different music while they were editing so that also helped that's so cool though because it's like a constant for a lot of people i think but to be able to have that between you and and your team in part it's clearly a very special and key concept for everybody so that's really Mm -hmm. cool but also how cool is it that like i think the way that you said that the first music video you worked on was a little bit more like a smaller budget music video. It was a little bit more low key in a way, like you were saying. I think that's so cool because it's a lot of the time in those situations that you learn so much because you're just like, there's so many moving parts. There's so many things happening and you're just like, okay, I kind of have to just like go roll with the punches. So yeah, was that, would you say that was very close to your experience or, or like you were able to grasp a lot of new things in a way? Yeah, I think it's just like when the smaller the budget is, the more hats you wear. And Mm -hmm. it's just like, you end up doing a lot of things. And I mean, it's, it's definitely something where when you're first starting out, you just get really excited to get on any kind of opportunity. And sometimes you don't really necessarily weigh out the pros and cons. Mm -hmm. And I think there's nothing wrong with like, you know, getting out there and, and doing more jobs or working on more projects. But I also think that like, you really have to be, I guess, like set in yourself or like at least grounded in yourself when it comes to what opportunities you choose. I'm not saying it wasn't a bad opportunity because I learned so much, but I feel like even now, as I have moved throughout my career, a lot of times what ends up happening is you don't choose those opportunities, those opportunities choose you. Mm-hmm. And then that's not always the greatest thing because then you get yourself into these situations that filming in general or arts creatives are stressful right Mm -hmm. but I rather you should seek out opportunities that even when it gets stressful there's something worth it like it's worth it at the end of the day so yeah yeah anyways (laughs) no I think that's so great because it's like it's true having worked in it for a very short amount of time myself I think the whole point of being very grounded in yourself and also being very mindful of the opportunities that you are picking and taking on and choosing is really important, especially because when you're starting out, you can feel really keen on, you know, just getting your feet in there, just jumping in and kind of trying whatever, which I think in some ways is some of the best advice, but also it can really bite you in the ass in a way, or like, if you're not sure what you want to do, which was in part true in some of my circumstances, it kind of does feel like a little bit of like a a bounce back, like you're hitting a wall in a way, because you're kind of like, okay, doing this, but there's so many avenues, which way do I want to go? So that's a little tough. And I think that's a really important point that you raise, because I think it's, it's really easy to get kind of overwhelmed by all of it and feel a little like lost in the mix of how everything goes, because there are so many roles. And I think um, in some ways, maybe working on smaller sets is cool because you get to try on different hats and try different things and really get to wear that out and be like, do I like this? Do I not like this? Okay. I'm leaning towards that. Maybe I'll try that next time. Um, whereas sometimes maybe on bigger sets, it's kind of a little bit more limited because you are brought on for a certain role and expected to, you know, exceed in that specific area, which is not at all a bad thing. Cause if you're certain what you want to do, then that's the way to go. Now I'm rambling. Um, (laughs) but that's just kind of what I think so far from my experiences. 
no, I think that's a good point. I mean, like, yeah, definitely being on indie or sets, you do get to do different roles. And that's like, that's great. And I also think, yeah, making sure you work with friends or, or people that you trust. So you can make mistakes, you feel comfortable making mistakes, because that's just going to happen. Yeah. Um, but I also feel like the reason why I said like, it's yeah, it's fine to just like, um, a lot of people like to say, like, just take as many opportunities as possible. But I don't necessarily think that's always the case or always the greatest thing to do mm -hmm. that it's okay to say no to opportunities that it's okay to be selective of the opportunities that you choose because burnout is a real thing and no one really yeah. talks about it enough and I oh think if God. you spread yourself too thin then it's like it doesn't even matter how many opportunities you get you won't really actually be there present I can't agree with that more because for me and I think it was 2021 there was I'd, I'd moved home after working on a pretty big production and I'd gotten I think like a few months had passed my birthday was right on the corner I was very much burnt out and mm -hmm. felt very overwhelmed and was trying to bounce back but also was you know when you're like low-key a little bit in denial that you're burnt out you're like I can keep doing more and you're like you don't realize it until something comes up where you're like oh shoot I actually can't right now Speaking yeah. very transparently, I had heard from this amazing person I worked with on a previous project mm -hmm. and they were reaching out and asking if I was interested in working on a TV series, which is actually currently out and I see it advertised everywhere and I don't want to say the name of it, but she'd asked if I had the availability and wanted to work on it. And I so badly wanted to say yes, but was so torn because at the same time I was like having a meltdown because I'm burnt out and I was just like, I can't do this. Like I can't you know, pack up everything and kind of move across the country and do this right now for like a year. That's a lot mentally. Yeah. That's another thing I think a lot of people don't talk about, but it is a lot for some people, myself included. It's, it's a lot to be able to move up and just like kind of go and do something totally different and then come back and have that unknown period of time where you're a little in a little bit of a break or maybe in a little bit of limbo. So that was a lot mm -hmm. for me to process. So I had to say no. And it felt like in the moment I was like, oh my God, why did I say no? Why did I say no? Yeah, it hit me like a month after saying no to be like, I'm severely burnt out. And had I gone, I definitely would not have been able to, one, perform as well as I know I can, two, be present in the moment, and three, be able to actually be on every single day and enjoy the experience and bring my best version of myself to set every day. Because if you can't do those things, then you're not going to enjoy it. You're not going to feel... Yep like at home in any way or like you're learning or doing something productive for yourself. So I think that's a really important point that you brought up of burnout because it is real. <laughs> it is. And I, I think you made like two really good points where it's like, you know, it's not only does it affect your working relationships because you're not able to give a hundred percent, but also it affects you. Like you just aren't able to even show up for yourself. Yeah. And I mean, I've had experiences with that, too, where I've been burnt out, but I kept working. And it, in the end, it's like not a good experience for anyone involved because you just cannot perform. Mm. Um, and, you know, you yeah, it just doesn't really it doesn't help at all. So putting yourself first is main priority. Yeah, it's hard to do, else. but it is. It is definitely something that should be in very like in the very first place um, at all times. But I think it's so easy sometimes if you're feeling really excited about stuff and passionate or just wanting to get that experience to be like, yes, yes, yes. So I'm really glad that you brought that up and decided to share that because that's huge.
kind of going off of that and almost looking at, I guess, like the moments maybe you've had to push through or maybe moments that have just easily come to you as feeling really rewarding or successful. I wanted to ask if there's a specific moment that you've had so far where you felt like this is why I'm in film and this is why I'm doing what I'm doing or better yet, just like a very affirming moment for yourself. Yeah, that's really a really good question. I think I've had like, they're they're like little moments that happen when I'm on different sets, uh, especially when I'm directing. I think the weird thing is like producing is like uh, (laughs) producing. I have so much respect for producers, but I genuinely think sometimes I feel like when I produce solely by myself and it's not like I'm co-producing or I'm just like, you know, doing any kind of like producer work while I'm directing Mm -hmm. that it's almost like my body is rejecting producing (laughs) as a whole it's just I'm allergic to it's so amazing and Uh, I have so much respect for producers but I think my body just resists anything that's too organized like too much about organization logistics dealing with all these different personalities it's just like something that (laughs) my body and head cannot wrap around so but back to your point about it's like usually when I'm directing like there's always that moment where it's like it's magical you know when something just works or there's you know it's usually surprises and that's what I always look for when you know you're directing is that there's these like moments of just yeah like I said just like magic and you don't expect them to happen but they do and you know instantly you're like that is either a beautiful take or that is something that has to be in the edit like you know um and then there's also just those moments where it just feels so right sometimes it feels so wrong I mean like hey honesty let's welcome here but sometimes it feels so right and you feel like you are completely present and you're there and you know I think for me as a person like that is sometimes a rarity where I just feel so locked in. I feel like I'm doing something that I was meant to be doing. Mm -hmm. And that is both amazing and alarming and scary (laughs) at the same time. It's alarming because how can this only be, this is the only thing that makes me feel that, that I guess that feeling, that feeling of being alive, that feeling of purpose as cheesy as that is it's it's truly feels like you are doing your purpose and those moments when you're on set or if you're working with actors where you just feel like I'm I'm feel good and I'm doing something that feels good for me and yeah those are the those are the moments where I'm like I this is it and this is it and then all the other moments are trash they're terrible <laughs> you feel like it's horrible but and, but I then love there's the, always those... the big jump there. <laughs> no, but it's like it's like uh it's a mixed bag, but you hold on to those little glimmers, those yeah. little moments of like, you know, of really like beautiful, beautiful moments. So yeah. That's such a wonderful answer though, because mm-hmm. it's just like it is not an easy job, um, from what I can imagine. I can say just from having worked on sets before that it is a lot to take in all the time. There's so many moving parts. There's so many personalities. To be able to focus in on only the good or at least try your hardest to focus in on only the good and kind of push everything else aside is 
a rarity and also a very special task that I think takes a very strong and special type of person to be able to appreciate. So I have so much respect for that answer. I thought that was beautiful. Aww. Yeah. But sometimes in the moment you don't, you, you don't appre- appreciate the good. So like, and, don't and even know, worry about human. that. Like, that's human. You're like, <laughs> this is terrible. I want to go home. Let me go sleep. And it's not even just when I'm directing. It could be on various, I find directing is like, it's something where when I'm doing other positions, I'm like, oh God, I just miss directing, you know, like get me, get me directing, get me, get me on set directing. And then, but I don't ever feel, I never miss any other positions badly. I just don't. Yeah. That's special though. Cause you know, like you feel really locked in, you feel like this Mm -hmm. is it. And kind of like you said, where you're like, sometimes I feel like this is like my true love, like my thing. Like I know this brings me joy. I have a passion for this. That's also a rarity. Like how cool is that to be able to say that about something that you get to do as like, I don't like saying like as a job, but more so as like your lifelong career. Like that's so special. Yeah, I think, yeah, it is. I, I, I mean, I am very much grateful that like about this. And I think just like back to that whole conversation about like, if once it stops being fun, you know, you need to kind of move on. And I think there, it, there's, I, I shouldn't just say like, it's like this easy thing that I just love all the time. I think there's moments where sometimes it's not even the project. It's not even the directing itself. Sometimes it's just like, you know, you, you have to be able to manage a team. You have to be able to manage personalities and you also need to be able to manage yourself. Mm-hmm. And those are like some of the hardest moments. And yeah, sometimes it's it's not fun all the time. But I feel like that's just life as long as you're always able to remember like those anyways, those nice moments that just make it all worth it, I guess. Yeah. Not, <laughs> she not you gagging at yourself right now. No, but that's I think that's wonderful. You gave such a a nice, like neutral answer just now. Because it's it's not everything's just going to be amazing all the time. Not everything's just going to be, you know, bad all the time. Like everything's kind of got to be 50, 50 or 60, 40, 70, 30, whatever. I don't know what it is for anybody. <laughs> it's different for everyone here, but yeah, I'm not yeah, trying yeah. to throw this much math around here. <laughs> um, but I, I think that's a good answer. Like, I think that's just realistic. That's just how it is. And it's all a matter of kind of how you take it either with a grain of salt or how your perspective kind of focuses on certain things over other things. And just kind of how you weigh out the differences. That's really all. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, I think that like, we definitely, I imagine I've, we've talked about this, but it like, it's almost like a marriage. Like it's, (laughs) yeah. And, but it's like, you know, I feel like I've never been married before, so I don't know how that works out, but I- I'm not either. I just want to put that in there. I'm not silent for (laughs) no reason. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) um, but I just feel like, yeah, like I think, you end up hopefully meeting somebody that you're like, I wouldn't want to do this with anyone else. You know, even yeah. though sometimes it's not always great, I wouldn't want to do it with anyone else. And yeah, that's probably just how it is. I think that's a healthy balance, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> I like how I say it, but I sound under duress. Like, I'm like, you're I, like, uh, I, yeah, I, I guess, guess that's it. <laughs> I love that. I guess that's it for us, right? No, but okay. So I want to touch on a point that you said earlier where for you, 
not necessarily just the point of, you know, repelling, producing sometimes or feeling allergic to it, as you said, (laughs) but you wear a lot, you've worn a lot of different hats before. Sometimes you have to wear a lot of different hats. I wanted to ask if there's anything else in general that you would like to try out, whether that's specifically in film or even a totally different industry or a different thing for yourself. Like, is there something else that you see yourself ever maybe not necessarily like looking at as a goal, but just being like, I would love to do that one day. I like take out a list. I'm like, actually, um, (laughs) where do I start? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. I think there's like, I I'm interested in like learning more about like theater directing. Um, I was living in London for a little bit and like, that's so cool to just say that. Oh my God. That's one of my lifelong (laughs) dreams. Sorry. I'm just out here overpowering your List you here. will live no, in that on. rainy city, that miserable rainy city. There's no sun. That, that has no sun, but beautiful parks. I will say that. They Very do. Parks. And customer service, they, I forgot what they call you. Call you like hun or something. Like they, they're just yeah. like sweeties. They're so sweet. Um, I can't say that about everyone in London. That's, that's no, it's true. But that's like, true. But that's okay. Definitely pretty cool. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, uh just being around that and they have a lot of plays in theater so I, I'm interested in like learning more about like yeah directing plays and um also just like when it comes to film like I'm really curious and I've always been curious about like music supervisors and I feel like you would be good at this too okay <laughs> all right then you're like ah. I'm like yeah I'm always just trying to like bring you back I don't know why it's true you're like come on come back come back (laughs) um I think they're called music supervisors but like just people who are in charge of like the music for soundtracks that's so cool for for, I think that's the coolest thing ever also I'm just endorsing this to you as well as myself but like I just feel like you know a lot of like like you have such an eclectic taste in like music and then whoa thank you no I'm not I'm well hearing that from you I'm just yeah. like, thank you, because you are like heavy into records as well. And mm-hmm. I think you have a very like open and and interesting taste in music, but also are a fan of so many different kinds of genres and artists. So like, that's yeah. funny that you think that about me, because I think that about I you. I think we just should both. Just we just, so we're creating a partnership now. Yeah. I and think that's, that's just what's happening. <laughs> I think you're for it. Um, but yeah, so there's that and... I mean, I've always had a soft spot for like set deck or art department. Mm. I don't know. They're, I've always had a, a warm place for them. I genuinely always like uh, the production designers and the art directors and things like that on sets. But I don't think that I'm that. I just think that I just would want to hang out with them. Like, I hey, still want That's allowed. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. I still <laughs> want to hang out with people within the art department because I always think they're so cool. And. For me, in general, I think I, I think for film, it's probably just directing because, like you said, I've had some experience of working in different departments, which I'm really grateful for. But it's it's never, I guess, oh, gross. It never compares to directing. <laughs> um, so I'll probably try directing in different avenues, like film, commercials, music videos, like move around in that way. Yeah. But outside of it, let's like, I think I'm Ooh. trying to think of outside of directing and film, outside of that, I think what would be a fun job? 
<laughs> there's so I, many. <laughs> there's so many fun jobs out there. I don't know. Um, I'm curious about like learning about like mural, like mural artists. Oh, <laughs> okay. like I I may like help out. I don't think I'd be an actual like person that designs it, but like I mean, might as well try That's something pretty cool. different, I guess. A different Um form of art. Yeah, but I don't think that would be my job. I'd just do that for fun. But why yeah, not if uh, yeah I mean, at this time, I've tried a lot of weird jobs. I should probably preface that that weird jobs in a way where I was like, I, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't pick up on that because I know like what you mean by that but I didn't think of how other people might hear that. like dog walker, like baker, you know, like stuff like that. those are cool But yeah, just gonna put that out there but yeah yeah, that's fair I think but that's yeah. cool I mean back to the whole thing of directing I think that's amazing because For you to be so firm in that and adore it so much and have constant like strive to just push to be better in it and meet more people and create that safe, positive environment is so special. And um, yeah, I just think it's amazing. Also, the whole thing of like music supervisor, still very interested in this. Probably Yeah. going to go into a rabbit hole of just researching what this what this means, what this looks like Yeah. now. Yeah, 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 definitely do that. I think I think that's what it is, music supervisor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Vaseline deep dive. Yeah, I definitely want to. Okay, well, kind of going off of directing a little bit more. Uh, a big thing I like to talk about on this show is imposter syndrome because I think we experience that all the time in life and throughout different points of time in our lives, throughout different phases with different things, whether that's like school, work, just personal life, whatever it may be, even clothing, kind of experience it in all sort of different ways. I wanted to ask if you've ever felt this while directing before or just generally while working on set. And if you have, how have you stepped out of a moment like that? Yeah, I mean, I think I've always experienced it on set. Um, and I think it's something that you definitely really uh, work on. Weirdly enough, like I recently, it's not weird, but like I, I took this like uh, workshop that the Naya Center, and I'll, I'll shout them out because they're another really great like uh, artist center, especially a Black artist center. Um, yeah, they're great. So they had a workshop about imposter syndrome. And I learned a lot about like, you know, the different forms of imposter syndrome, you know, you have the perfectionists, you have people who are like the workaholics, various things like that. And just they kind of broke it down, which was great, because sometimes when you just think of imposter syndrome, you just think about that person who doesn't feel like they deserve to be there, you Mm know, hmm they're this imposter, but there's so many other ways that it shows up within your life, you know. Um, so yeah, I think I've always had imposter syndrome, obviously being, as we know, being a woman of color that comes with its own feelings of like feeling like the world's how they perceive you, but also just like how you've internalized that you feel sometimes sense of inadequacy in certain leadership roles. So I feel like, yeah, with directing, I've always kind of felt that. And just like I talked about those little those little nuggets, those little golden nuggets or glimmer of hope within directing is that's when I'm like, no, I deserve to be here and I'm actually good at this. So I've always experienced it. And the way that I get through it is, I think it's just giving yourself, like being aware of it is like the, the beginning as my uh, therapist says. She's like, that's the start. And even how we talk about it, it's the start is the awareness, 
So being aware that you are go, you know, if you're feeling like you are not enough, like having that awareness is the first thing. And then also giving yourself some compassion. Like, you know, a lot of people go through it. You're not alone. And also realize that this is just a moment. It's not going to affect you for the whole time is like important. I think for me, I think just try and live in the moment. I think mindfulness, oh God, I'm one of those. I'm just joking. I actually am very much one of those people. Mindfulness is important. Uh, breathing exercise is important because much. at the same time, I think that I look back on, I've looked back on my career so far and there's been a lot of times where I've either been such a perfectionist that I haven't applied to certain opportunities. I've either... Um, kind of worked on other people's projects instead of putting effort into my own because I didn't think I was worthy of actually putting time into my own projects and then also I just self-sabotaged a lot of times I just kind of ended up ruining not in a terrible way but ending up just kind of not focusing on the various opportunities that I was given because I didn't think I deserved it. And it also just leads you down a path where you end up taking opportunities that you realize that you're just like burnt out because you just took all those opportunities instead of focusing on what you really wanted. And my last thing that I would say about it, how to get through imposter syndrome. A, it's doing grounding exercises as we talked about mindfulness, but also like I think goal setting is very important. Knowing where you want to get to. Um, yeah. And yeah, just that's be compassionate to yourself. It's, I don't think anyone really stops sometimes feeling that way. There's going to be times where you do feel that imposter syndrome, but you're not the only one. That's it. That was so good. Thank you oh. for that. No, it was because you gave like such a nice little checklist of all of the things that work for you that I'm sure a lot of people could implement. And also the whole thing on mindfulness, like I'm heavily one of those people, also heavily a hypocrite with this because I have been <laughs> practicing this and learning about it and trying so many different things within the realm of that for years now. And still sometimes I trip up and it's still hard to put that first. But I think once you start to learn about it and slowly implement it over time, that's huge. And especially in a job like yours and in ever-changing circumstances, like you might face during work, I think that's really important to remember and, and keep in the forefront all the time or like in your pocket all the time, because it just helps you breathe a bit easier and focus and remain mm. grounded. Yeah, exactly. And also like, I'm like you, like I say this to people, but like, it's not like you always say, but I also think it's, um, what did I recently hear? It's like, it's not about consistency. It's about, there's another word. It's just pretty much like, as long as you are putting the effort in, like mm -hmm. maybe like for me, I try to work out maybe like three times a week. Or sometimes there was a time where I was working out like six times a week because I Snap. suddenly, I was out here just like, you know, getting okay, trying to okay. really- you're just out here turning yeah, into anyway, like a yeah. superhero. I try, just try. <laughs> but but the thing is, I there was a week where I just fell off. But the thing yeah. is, that's gonna happen. But instead of like beating yourself up, up um about it, it's just saying, you know what, I'm gonna take this week and then I'm gonna start again. It doesn't necessarily ruin all of your effort. So if you 
are, you know, meditating maybe three times a week or every day. Mm-hmm. And then one week you just can't, that's okay. As long as you're willing to put that effort back out there, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. that's so important. I mean, I literally yeah. had a therapy appointment mm-hmm. um, like just a few hours ago. And I was talking about this with my therapist just about how like, I know things aren't linear. Nothing's in a straight line. I wish it was. And she was like, listen, if everything was in a straight line and everything was just going the way that we wanted it to go all the time, we would be walking on like a flat surface all the time. Like there would be no highs, there would be no lows, which obviously without the lows, you don't appreciate the highs. And without the highs, you wouldn't even know what anything else feels like. So such common knowledge, but we forget this stuff all the time. I forget this stuff. When I say we, I mean me. Um, Apparently there's a bunch no. of me. Okay. Alarming. Um, no, <laughs> but no, it's, it's something that I feel like a lot of people do forget all the time. And yeah, kind of going off of that, I kind of want to ask you one more thing because it goes back into just keeping yourself grounded and being aware of when to say no to certain opportunities versus when to say yes to certain opportunities. Has there ever been a point in time for you? And I'm thinking of this question as I'm saying it out loud. So let's see if it makes sense. Has there ever been a time for you or a point in time for you where you've been presented with an opportunity that you thought was interesting, but did have to turn it down or Hmm. vice versa? It could be an opportunity that you thought, "Mm, I don't know if this is for me, but you said yes to try it anyways. And you were surprised. Yeah, I think, yeah, there's definitely been times where I've took opportunities that maybe I wasn't the right person for or maybe and not in that I had imposter syndrome or anything it was just that like it wasn't for me like that opportunity was for somebody else um because that's also important thing to to note as well and yeah and a lot of times it ends up just being like you you may even still go through it and commit to it but it it may not have been um that much of a positive opportunity or a positive experience and then yeah so I think um yeah I've definitely had those experiences I guess to your question because now I generally have to think about like opportunities that I've had that have surprised me I think there's been times where I've the good opportunities that I've had the really like great moments where a lot of times at the beginning I may have wanted to say no because I had I had imposter syndrome or because I just didn't I was scared and I wanted to somehow you know back of course I didn't like I I never would say that to him but it's still that feeling of like am I the right person for this should I be doing this yeah I don't think I answered your question no (laughs) I would say you did because I mean you shared that there were opportunities that you said yes to that in part maybe just weren't for you but also Mm -hmm. there were other times where you've said yes and had major imposter syndrome and you're just like what am I doing here but you still tried yeah I think that's the whole thing too in itself one last thing that I would say about that is like trusting your gut like there's been times where literally and people just say that but genuinely trust it because something that my my body does just like I was saying how my body repels producing (laughs) is that like I have had times where my stomach and that's just me and you know mental health and many other things that happen to your body sometimes when you're anxious your body just starts to react in these types of ways Mm -hmm. um and 
sometimes it's like important to really note that it's important to listen to your body. It's important. Well, you should always listen to your body. Yeah. And I've had those moments, but I've just carried on and it, it was more detrimental in the end because I wasn't willing to just hear that this may not be for me. This isn't the right um, opportunity for me and yeah. I should just move on. That's really important too. I think that's something that a lot of people may not get to experience in life, but for the people that do get to experience that, I can say I can relate to that heavily mm-hmm. where you do push through and you just want to kind of get to that finish line and say, at least I'll know that I got to do this and that I did do this and feel proud of yourself. But to a certain degree, it's like, how much was it really worth it to push that much? Cause in the end, if you feel really down, if you feel really drained, if you're just like struggling to get back up, which yeah, I've been there too, then it's kind of like, was it worth it to a degree? Yeah. Yes. Still. Uh, it was because I got to say <laughs> I pushed, but then also to a degree, it's like, girl, you did not need to burn out that much doing anything. So I think that's really important. Exactly. And I think that's a, that's a good point. I mean, like, it's like interesting in, in any art industry and in film specifically, where a lot of people think that, you know, almost going through these sometimes challenging, sometimes emotionally draining things. It's just, it's what you do. It's a part of it. It's part of the grit. It's a part of just getting through. And that Mm -hmm. may not even just be film. That's just life in general, where people have that thought where it's like, you just have to muster through and push through. But I think the only way you could actually do that is if you have, you know, like we talked about mindfulness, if you have some self-care regimen in there, if you're truly listening to yourself, because there's going to come a time where mustering is just not that for you. And you have to be willing to just say, this isn't for me. I'm going to move on. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know if a lot of people talk about that. It's very much just like, go through it, push through it. You got this girl, you know, capitalism. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And woo. you're like, no, no, it's all right to say no. It's all right to just yeah. like say, I'm not doing this. I'm going to move on. Yeah. And, and do it early. Don't do it too late. <laughs> I think that's fair. Sometimes it's tough to know when you're doing it too, but I think the whole thing that you said of having that mindfulness and self-awareness, huge, like going back to what you said, even a bit earlier than that with the trusting your gut, that instinct, all of that, that is so important. And there is actually to some degree, it's still relatively new. I talk about this with my therapist all the time because I relate heavily to this, but it's this nerve called the polyvagal nerve that actually does connect funny enough in a way, like it has like a brain to gut connection. Um, before I get into like scientific terms that I don't even know what I'm saying, I'm still learning about it. You're like, please tell me more. Um, let me put on my glasses and, you know, give a whole lesson here. No, uh, we're not doing that today, but it does have a brain to gut connection where sometimes if you do start to think those thoughts, or maybe you're thinking about something that happened earlier and it's upsetting you to a certain degree, or maybe it's making you nervous. You'll notice surely enough that your stomach will start to feel like it's turning, or maybe you get knots or butterflies, but that's just one indicator of like listening to your gut and, and listening to your intuition in a way. Other times, sometimes you might, it might not even be in relation to that. Maybe you'll just feel this pit in your stomach and and you're not even thinking about anything directly. It's just something you're experiencing in that moment. That too is like a, a big red flag in a way. Cause it's just like, that's something that you should recognize and know, okay, something's not right here. And I think a lot of people can experience that in both this industry and other industries and Maybe just continue to push and try because you want to, you know, experience something fully. 
But at the same time, sometimes it's, it's okay to be like, it's actually okay more than sometimes I should say to listen to that and be like, I don't know if I should do this or if this is for me. So I like those points that you brought up a lot. Yeah. I like, I like that you brought the like science to it. I think that's so interesting. And no, I've, I've definitely heard about like, yeah, the connection between the brain and the gut and how, you know, your gut is almost like a second brain and, you Mm -hmm. know, things of that nature. And I think that was such a, that was a really good point. I mean, thank you. Cause that's, I've I've experienced that too. And I think having body awareness is important. It really is. It is. And it's so important in everything you do, but especially in something like a creative workplace. I think that's really important because a lot of the time it's really easy to kind of get swept up in whatever may be happening. And it's important to be able to zoom out and be like, okay, what, what is the core purpose of what I'm doing here? Like, why did I want to do this to begin with? And I feel like that's so important just in lots of different things, but especially in this. Yeah, no, for sure. I think, yeah, that's the only way that you actually survive, to be honest, this industry. I think for the arts in general, I feel like it's, uh, Sometimes if you've been in it for long enough, and I haven't been in it long enough, I mean, it could really change who you are as a person. Like any job, I think it could really change you. And sometimes for the better and sometimes for the worse, right? So I think, yeah, having self-awareness, knowing why you started it, knowing who you want to be and who you are and what your core is. Because if you don't know who you truly are, people will dictate who you are and also change and alter you. And 100%. that's a big thing, you know, uh, if anyone was entering this industry, it's just like, try and know who you are. Like you, there's no rush, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I feel old saying that's why, yeah, travel the world and like learn who you are and then, and then, you know, get a job, get a career, whatever you want to do, but like, don't rush it. It's always going to be here at this, this industry. <laughs> I mean, I think that's great because I think along with many other workspaces and industries it is definitely very common for people at a certain age to be like I want to get into this I want to break into this and I mean even for me I didn't break into it until I was like like I mean I started doing little things here and there around the age of like what I think 19 but I didn't really break Mm -hmm. into it until I was like 24 and even then I was just kind of like oh my god there's so much happening here like what is going on and also it made you kind of feel compelled in a way for me at least, to be like, oh my God, I should be doing more. Like I need to be doing this and this and this. And it does very much quickly turn into like this race, at least internally, I think for a lot of people where you're kind of like, well, now I've done this, I want to do this and this and this. And then it does feel like time's not, like time's not enough or it's going too fast. And you're like, well, why didn't I do this sooner? But I mean, the truth of the matter is that it's not a race. It doesn't really matter when you start. It's just so much that you do start and you do try. Exactly. And yeah, take breaks and stuff. And I feel like, yeah, take your time, especially if you're like directing or you're creating whatever you're doing, like take your time. Yeah. Um, I think the most amazing thing is to be able to look back on your work and kind of see how it's evolved and changed. And also the things that you start to care about, things that don't matter as much anymore, you know, and I think like for me, I will never show this to anybody, but I have films since I was a kid, obviously little things that I made for school. And you realize like how your storytelling changes, the things, the way you tell stories, the things that matter to you changes, evolves. But it's also nice. It's nice to see who you used to be or what you used to care about. 
Yeah, that's so cool. I mean, again, and you're like, <laughs> the way you were saying it, your eyes are popping out. You're like, I have these films. They're hidden away. No one's <laughs> yeah. seeing these. I saw no the, the look in your ever. eyes. You're like, no one's ever going to see these. But I think no. that's so cool because you have those. And that's something you'll get to remember forever. And you'll get to forever kind of like keep in your mind as you're working on things. And also it's, I imagine in so many ways fulfilling for like your inner child. Cause you're just like, look yeah. at what I'm doing now. Like, look at how this has evolved. That's super cool. You know what? That's such a good point. And I haven't thought about that in a while. Like, and that's the thing. It's like, I'm always in the past. I, I would always say like, as long as my 13 year old self thought, thinks I'm cool, then I'm okay. I because, love that. <laughs> you know, like also 13 going on 30, you know, you love, Ooh, I love that shit. Oh my oh, God. I love that movie so much. No, but true. That's true. But like, yeah, like, I think if you think that way, you're like, you know, like, as long as she thought I was, you know, pretty cool. I mean, there's certain things that she'd probably be like, you know, you haven't done this yet, you know, get your life together. That's but the, she's that's 13. The, that's okay. She doesn't know so, what the real world is yet. She doesn't. Exactly. But you're still fulfilling so much, which is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, but I like that you said that because now I have to think more about that when I'm directing or when I'm creating. It's like, truly, as a kid, you just are excited to just be doing anything that you love. Yeah. And, and yeah. But um, my last point, because I don't, I, I should also say is like, make sure that like, you know, you get paid. Like that's oh, my true. Yes. Too. Good point. <laughs> I, I don't think people talk about that, but I, I genuinely think that, you know, it's, um, it's definitely a gray area, but I, I, I personally believe as I go forward, that I think that, you know, if you are putting that labor forward, that you should get paid. Um, 100%. Regardless of what you're doing. I don't mm -hmm. care what you do on set, you should be getting paid. Yeah. Get your money. Get your coin. Get your bag uh, and get out. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. it. And then you're out. Yeah. Never comes <laughs> back. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. Get your Well, I mean, <laughs> but yeah, make sure, yeah, you're, I think that's, uh, that's my, my main this is not even a question that you asked, and I'm sorry, but I think that's my. Oh my god! Genesis. Please don't apologize. This is so good. Keep going. <laughs> no, I just think that's my hope for the future, the next generation, um, for the film industry is that like, you know, we're all being able to get paid. Everyone, you know, whether you're just starting out, I think a lot of people have this thing of paying your dues, but I even think that should be paid, because it's labor, and labor should be getting. Yes. You should get paid for that. Yeah. And okay. I also just want to add to that, that if you do get paid for that, don't let anybody tell you that you're lucky that you're getting paid for that because labor, that's weird. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. thank you there's for no bringing luck. that up. Yeah. No, yeah. it really isn't. It's it's a matter of hard work. I mean, there's always divine timing as well. Can't really fight that. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, that word too. If I had a dollar yeah. for every time someone's like, you're so lucky. Mm. Yeah. Mm, that's a different subject I won't even get into that but yeah that's not my favorite word <laughs> no uh, it's not that great of a word I mean there's sure there's a mixture of divine timing which mm -hmm. and also hard work and but I don't know if luck really yeah you work you work your uh butt off <laughs> you could say <laughs> it, you could say it. it's okay <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no but you just you work hard like we we all really work hard. And the thing is, people don't see how much hours, especially if you are an entrepreneur, if you're a creative, like the amount of hours and I mean, 
the sacrifice. And I say that in a way because I think that when you do certain jobs, especially when you're in the arts, mm-hmm. it feels uncomfortable to complain about your, you know, your struggles and your challenges because mm-hmm. there's people who are, you know, maybe doing jobs that they don't love as much or that are hard. But I do think there's um there's definitely issues within our own industry, creative in general. Yeah. Um yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that was very well put. <laughs> so thank you for that. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Thank well, <laughs> thanks so much. Oh no, we do this like weird voice <laughs> notes coming out. <laughs> it's here now <laughs> you're just yeah. facepalm you're like why did I'm I like, do that okay. why did I start it I initiated yeah. it it's all good I love it I wanted to say before I wrap this up first of all thank you so much for all of the wisdom that you just shared in this episode and also for your honesty because I feel like this is kind of like a hard subject and in industry in general to talk about and I feel like you've shared a lot of gems you shared a lot of things in an honest but very still positive way And also an empowering way, especially with the idea of just remaining grounded, obviously making sure that you're getting paid. Those types of things are sometimes things that people don't think about entering this. So thank you so much for sharing that. I really appreciate all of that. Yeah, of course, man. I mean, thank you for having me and like having such great questions. And I mean, this has been like, yeah, I just feel like we just, we chat about this a lot so this is great and I feel like really comfortable you made me feel really comfortable that is the biggest compliment so thank you because you made me feel comfortable talking about this and being able to open up a little bit more about some experiences so thank you for that now it's just a gush fest we do this all the time yeah but now it's just being shared with the public that's fine (laughs) before (laughs) before I wrap this up I wanted to ask if one you have any social channels or social media overall that you would want to share and two if you don't have that, are there any sites that people could kind of like follow you on or, you know, check out some of your work on? And I would love to link that below yeah. for people to yeah. find. Yeah, I think that's an amazing question. Um, <laughs> I think, and I won't take too long. I have an Instagram, but I, okay, anyways, I need to set up an Instagram. So mm-hmm. where you'll be able to find me is like, once this gets posted, I will send my newest instagram to carmen all right okay she'll she'll do that i'm sorry guys gotcha Um, okay (laughs) i'm weirdly have turned into a recluse when it comes to social media or just like person that's so far away from social media but i'm getting back into it so that's awesome no i appreciate that. that and i adore that because well one i do work in social media so that's tough um (laughs) working in social media marketing and then not being on social media is hard. So there's that, but I do spend way too much time on it in my spare time. So I always find it really fascinating and also cool when I'm talking to someone who doesn't spend so much time on it, because I mean, that's honestly really beneficial, like that you're not spending so much time on it. And I'm not just saying that because it's like the thing that people say it's true. There's, it's very easy to go into like a rabbit hole and just kind of be stuck there for a minute. And then you're like, oh shoot, an hour has passed. So for you to not be doing that, I know you're, you're nodding. Cause you're like, I do this on YouTube and that's okay. That's a different yeah. thing. I was How waiting. Did you know? How did I could tell, I could tell you were thinking, <laughs> <laughs> but that's all good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, well, no, but, but that sounds good. 
we'll get that Instagram. We'll add it in. And then, yeah, they can follow you there. Yeah, that's it for today. Thank you so much for joining me and being part of this. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, I like the little dance you just did. (laughs) Yeah, this is just a little shoulders, just a little shoulders. Just a little thing. You're like, it's whatever. Just, yeah, yeah. it's fine. But yeah, (laughs) thank you so much. If you're still here, then thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this episode. I appreciate it so, so much. And I want to give a huge thank you to Yasmin for taking the time out to join me for this episode because it was so good to chat with her and to get to share this conversation with you. If you want to chat and learn more about this episode, go ahead and DM me on Instagram at the Trying Times Podcast or leave me a voicemail. And I can't forget to mention, if you want to go ahead and follow Yasmin and all of her work and everything that she does, go ahead and check out all of that in the episode description. I'll have all of that linked in there for you. That's all for today. Thanks so much for listening and we'll chat again soon, okay? Bye.